to welcome everybody to the podcast uh, today. Uh, we call it From the Preacher Study. Brother Kevin Clark and I are together here in, in the study at mm-hmm. uh, the Oak Mountain Church of Christ Church Building. And uh, we've been doing this for several weeks, and yeah. I think it's going, going pretty well. Uh, we're working through the book of Ephesians, and we're in the third chapter. Hope everybody can, uh, if you don't have access to a Bible, at least give some thought to the content of the passage. We'll read through it in just a moment, get the passage in front of us. And I hope we're able to say some things that will be helpful and beneficial. Uh, The book of Ephesians takes us from eternity in the past to Mm -hmm. eternity in the future. And it talks a good bit about God's plan Mm -hmm. of salvation, Mm -hmm. or sometimes we say His scheme of redemption. It was in His mind in eternity, and He worked that out through time Mm -hmm. uh, over a period of, you know, many, many years. It culminates, of course, in in Christ and uh, in the crucifixion. And through that event, through Christ coming into the world and atoning for our sin on the cross, we can have fellowship with God and fellowship with others Mm -hmm. who come to God through Christ. In fact, it was always God's intent to bring together all people, Mm -hmm. regardless Mm -hmm. of uh, their their background, whatever it might be, whether slave or free, male or female, Jew or, or Greek, to bring them all together through Christ in one body having fellowship with one another, fellowship with God through Christ. And so the book of Ephesians talks about those things. We've, mm-hmm. we've talked about them and discussed them in our, uh, in our conversation. We'll continue that in chapter 3, especially talk about Paul's work as a minister, his role in God's plan to bring people into fellowship with him through Christ. Amen. And so we're going to begin tonight in Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, and about verses 6 and 7, and we're going to go down through about verse 13. So that's our plan for tonight, and I hope that uh, you'll follow along with us. Uh, You may be driving in your car or something like that and and can't look at uh, the text itself. (laughs) So we'll set it before you and then make some comments along the way. Kevin, anything by way of introduction tonight? No, just kind of pick up from the last time that we did it. We talked about the fact that the revelation of the mystery, and the mystery was the fact that God brought together Gentiles and Jews into one body so that they could partake of the promise through His Son, Jesus Christ, the promise of eternal life. And uh, that's a phenomenal thing. And I think we're going to see as we go through this that um, what God has done through the church is truly remarkable. And I think sometimes people uh, give short shrift to the church. That's not that important. It's not that I can have a relationship with God outside of that. I think these kind of passages show just how important to God that this has been in His mind from the very beginning. And uh, it is a testament, really, to the holiness of God, the justice of God, the wisdom of God. And as we'll talk about, a testament not only to us, but really to powers and principalities and spiritual places. And so it is pretty impressive, and it's an honor to be a part of this church that we're going to talk about. Right. So let's begin in Ephesians chapter 3. You might remember in verse 1, Paul says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and it kind of breaks that thought off. Mm -hmm. If indeed you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given me, given to me for you. And then he's going to talk about God's gracious gift. And and that is that God has selected Paul to be a minister of the gospel. And so he's working in the gospel for the sake of the Gentiles. He considers himself a steward Mm -hmm. of God's grace. And he's talking about his work as an apostle or a proclaimer of the gospel. And uh, he goes on to say that by revelation there was made known to me Mm -hmm. the mystery as I wrote before in brief. And by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. So God had chosen Paul 
and chosen him especially to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that he refused to work mm -hmm. with Jews and teach Jews who were interested in the gospel, but the main focus of his work was among the Gentiles. His practice usually was to go into a city, find the synagogue, mm -hmm. teach the Jews first, mm -hmm. and then if they listened, continued to teach and work with them. But if they refused, well, then he would turn to the Gentiles, and he would turn to the Gentiles, anybody that was right. uh, interested in the gospel during his stay in that particular city. Acts chapter 26, and Paul describes his uh, conversion. Uh, the Lord appears to him on the road to Damascus. He goes on into Damascus. He becomes a Christian there. And he says in verse 17 that God says, or the Lord says to, uh, to, to Paul, called Saul of Tarsus at that time, that he rescued you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. And so Paul goes, and that was the plan from the beginning, that Paul would go to the Gentiles. He talks about uh, his work as a minister of the gospel. He, he's a steward of God's grace. And of course, a steward is to be faithful mm -hmm. and to carry out his responsibilities and his work with all fidelity and diligence and sincerity. He's one who will be held accountable for the way he does his work. And so Paul considers himself a steward of God's grace. He refers in this passage to the mystery. And so when you read what I've written, you can understand my insight into the mystery of, of Christ. It seems uh, very likely to me that Paul is borrowing some of the terminology of false teachers that go around. There were mystery religions uh, in Asia Minor during that time, and Paul will do that from time to time. We'll take the terminology of the false teacher and turn it back on them. I think he does this with the word wisdom in 1 Corinthians mm -hmm. or the word fullness in the book of Ephesians, for example. Or well, here, uh, Paul might be taking that idea of, a, or you're used to, uh, talking about a mystery and dealing with mystery religions. Well, God has a mystery as well. It's not that it's mysterious. Mm -hmm. It's very understandable. It's very comprehensible once it's revealed. And so God has revealed his mystery to me. I've taught it to you. And now you can understand the things you need to know in order to be uh, God, God's children. Well, it comes down a little bit later in verse 7. He says, of which, going back to verse 6, the gospel, of which gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of His power, to me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which, which, which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through him in faith. Therefore, I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations on your behalf, for they are your glory. I just want to make about three points or so mm -hmm. yeah, from, from this passage. Paul considers his place in, in, in God's plan as God's grace, God's gracious gift to him. Mm -hmm. And so you see that in verse 7, of which I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, 
which was given to me according to the working of his power. And you see it a little bit later as well, verse 8. To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given. So, Kevin, my point is, it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to preach the gospel Amen. to people. Amen. To be able to teach them about God's plan of salvation, the mystery of including all people in the kingdom of God. And so think about all the hardship that Paul faced, mm -hmm. all the opposition, sometimes violent opposition, and, and yet he's in prison when he, when he writes this right. for preaching the right. gospel. Mm -hmm. And he says, this is God's gracious gift to me Amen. to be able to preach to people the gospel of Christ. Amen. Any comment about that? Yeah, the idea of being uh, stewards, I, I like that as well, because you're stewards of the gospel, the message. Uh, I thought about uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. There's that word mystery again. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. And so uh, Paul was entrusted with the word of God in a very special way, as you and I talked about. Uh, Jesus himself said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to have this gospel. You're going to have this message. And you're going to bear it before kings, before Gentiles, uh, before the children of Israel, but obviously the focus point being on Gentiles. And it is a, a gift. And I think for him, it's especially a treasured gift because when you look at his background, and 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17 talks about that, he is the least likely person to be given this gift. Here's one who spent his whole life, his adult life, fighting against the church of Christ, fighting against the Lord, fighting against Christians, persecuting and throwing into prison. And now that guy is given the stewardship of the very gospel that he fought against and blasphemed against for so long. Uh, it's pretty remarkable how God's power. And so for him, one, it's, it's, for any preacher, it would be a great gift, but even more so for a person with his background to be chosen mm -hmm. for this great honor. So you're yeah. right. It's a wonderful grace. He refers to himself as the least of all saints you know, there in verse 8. So I don't know who's, who's listening or who's watching today, but if you're a preacher yes. and you're preaching the gospel, that's God's gracious gift. That Amen. opportunity is God's gift. You need to think about it that way. That's right. If you're a Bible class teacher, that's, right. that's God's gift to you, to be right. able to teach someone the gospel or mm -hmm. teach them how they can have a good relationship with the Lord. Or if you're just somebody sitting with a friend at the kitchen table and you're teaching them the gospel, that's a wonderful gift. What right. a... Um, you know, what a, what a great privilege that is. And Amen. so that's, so we need to think now we might be opposed sometimes or rejected sometimes, but don't let that, um, you know, can discourage you or think of the opportunity you have to teach in any other way than this is God's gift to me. And one thing I'd add to that too, so many times people in the world be little preachers and they're the focus of jokes and things are put in the same categories, used car salesman and that sort of thing. And, and I've had people... And deservedly so sometimes, I have to <laughs> yeah, say. There are some who do earn that. Right? But for those who are doing it with an honest heart, those who are doing it sincerely, it really is a great honor and a privilege to bring that uh, message of reconciliation to God. And you think about what it means to people who are struggling for meaning and purpose in life, who are under the yoke of Satan, to be told that there's a way to rid myself of all that and be a child of God and be in this distinguished family. And so we need to hold these men in high esteem because they're doing a wondrous work. And we're not going to judge men as the marketplace does based on money and education and things of that nature, not suggesting any way that preachers are not educated. But sometimes people will look down their noses because they don't have these secular indicia of success. No, God sees these men as his spokespeople who have this very cherished, precious message of reconciliation through Christ. Very good. Let's, let's look at a couple other points here. Look at verse 8. To me, the very least of all these saints, this grace was given to do what? 
to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ mm -hmm. and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which mm -hmm. for ages has been hidden in God who created all things. What's the content of his preaching? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, to bring that out as well. Right. And so here's this gracious gift to him to do what? Mm -hmm. To explain how you can enjoy the unfathomable riches of, of Christ. Christ. Yeah. To bring to light which is a figure of speech which simply means to make people understand, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to bring them out of ignorance into understanding, mm -hmm. to bring to light how God worked out his plan of salvation uh, over, over time, culminating in Christ, accessible to us mm -hmm. through faith in the gospel. What's to be the content of our preaching? What, what are we supposed to preach on? Well, here's the content of Paul's preaching. Mm -hmm. Here, I want to tell you about the riches of Christ. Right. I want to tell you about God's plan to mm -hmm. save you. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's the content of our, our preaching. It's not political reform, <laughs> okay? It's not social activism. Right. Right. Now, in some ways, the gospel might have some social implications, sure. as I do unto others, as right. they do unto me. Right. But my principal object is not to reform the social world in which we live, but That's to reform right. people's lives, to bring them into conformity Amen. with Christ. Amen. And so uh, it's not group therapy. There are plenty <laughs> of all, all that needed in the first century. Right. But Paul says, I'm here to tell people about the unfathomable riches of Christ. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to tell them how they can be right with God through this great plan that mm -hmm. God has unfolded mm -hmm. through the centuries. Amen. Yeah, that, that to me it is pretty amazing. The fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the age has been hidden in God. We talked about that's now been revealed, and the idea that man can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, that, that's a very important point. Verse 9, for those who suggest, well, we can have salvation outside of Jesus, no. He's saying the very opposite. It's through Jesus Christ. Later on, he talks about uh, the eternal purpose being accomplished in Christ Jesus. And so it all has to do with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it is pretty amazing that we preach and teach this message. If any man speaks, 1 Peter 4, 11, let him speak as the oracles of God. Uh, Paul told Timothy, preach the word. So what are we preaching? The words of God, That's the right. message of God. And that message is about how we can be reconciled to him through Christ. That's right. And then finally, the last point I'm going to make here is in verse 10. So that, here's, here's sort of the purpose of the preaching. So that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly mm -hmm. places. Yeah. So what's the object? What's, what are we trying mm -hmm. to accomplish? Mm -hmm. what, what do we highlight in our preaching? Yeah. We, we highlight God. Yeah, right. That's right. The wisdom, in this passage, the wisdom of God. Right. And so uh, our aim in preaching is to magnify the nature of God, to make known the ma many-faceted wisdom of God, mm -hmm. is to promote God and His nature right. to men. So it's to introduce people to, to God, to teach people about God, about his nature, his character, how they might come into fellowship uh, with him. Now, the wisdom of God is not always easy for men to see, right. because sometimes people think that the wisdom of God is foolishness. Yeah, absolutely, first. Uh, and so right. you may you think about what the way God worked out His plan of salvation, picked an old man mm -hmm. and his wife mm -hmm. uh, to to bring about the promised mm -hmm. son, Abraham and Sarah. Chose a weak nation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is a very small nation, despised nation in some ways. Uh, to bring about the Savior, uh, brought about uh, the salvation of the world through a crucified Jew, a right. very ordinary-looking right. man. Right. And so that's, but that's the wisdom of God. Exactly. Now, people in the world might think that's foolishness. Right. But it's our job 
to magnify the wisdom of God and help people to see the wisdom of God and want to be a part of that. Amen. I've just added this too, and that's all intentional. First Corinthians 1 talks that's about right. that no flesh should glory in his presence. And God does that constantly. He's taking away any argument that man can say, look what I've done. No, it's what God has done. He is the hero of the story. That's right. And who is the agent or what is the agent through which the wisdom of God is made known, mm-hmm. the church. That's right. The That's church. right. Exactly. And so the church has work to do. Right. Uh, we're, we're here to proclaim the message of God and, and uh, to disseminate His message and His Word, uh, make, people, make God known to people so that they can come into fellowship with Him. And so you see that again there in verse 10. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church. Mm-hmm. And this passage even some heavenly beings, yeah, rulers, exactly. and authorities <clears throat> in heavenly places. I thought about the angels who right, desire to right, look into these right. things. They can see by the very existence of the church right. the wisdom of God. But uh-huh. then as we proclaim the gospel, right. well, then God's wisdom and power and all those attributes of God become clear as well. Amen. Amen. Well, our time is out. Got away from me really quickly. Oh, that's <laughs> the this, fastest 15 this, minutes I've ever seen. In this session. <laughs> but uh, our, time, our time is out. But just, just think about those things. Uh, how priv- what a privilege mm-hmm. it is to be able to share the gospel with people and teach them the gospel. What we mm-hmm. want to teach them mm-hmm. is the unfathomable riches of Christ and mm-hmm. God's plan of salvation. Show them the wisdom of God, the power of God mm-hmm. as, as it's revealed to us through the gospel. And then we hope that they'll be receptive and and come into fellowship with God through through that work. We'll stop right there. Time's out. Kevin, if you will, uh, lead us in prayer, and then we'll bring our session to to a close. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for the day that you've given to us again. Thank you for waking us up. Thank you for giving us life, health, and strength. Thank you for giving us this opportunity we have to study your word, and we're very appreciative of that word because it reveals to us your mind how we should think about things, how should we think about our world, think about you, how should we think about each other, and how we should get our lives right with you. And we're so very thankful for the riches, the unsearchable riches, as we just studied about, that we have, those of us who have been baptized into your church, that we have through the blood of your son, Jesus. What a wondrous thing that is. And we're very mindful of what has just been taught, that those who proclaim the message are blessed as stewards of the great message, uh, the message that was once a mystery but now has been revealed. And we're so very thankful for that. And we know that the content of the message that is to be preached is to be your content, what you've authorized, the the riches of your salvation through Jesus Christ. And it's the sort of thing that leads ultimately to you to being glorified in all things, not to bring glory to the men who are bringing the message, but to bring glory to you at all times. And we hope that everything that we have done, everything that we've said, even in these 15 or 20 minutes, have been to your glory and that many souls have been brought to you or strengthened or edified in you. We thank you for this opportunity that has been made possible by the congregation here and we'll continue to do that. Study your word. Thank you for the audience, those who are interested in these things and take the time out of their busy schedules uh, to tune in and to listen to what we have on our podcast. And we hope they'll continue to do that. And we have every confidence, as Isaiah 55 says, that your word will not return to your void. It will have an impact. It will have a benefit and it will bless those who hear it. We thank you for all these thoughts and thank you for this opportunity and thank you for your son. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.